Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown, a podcast that explores love and sexuality around the world. I'm Courtney Kosak. And I'm Sophia Alexandra. And we are back with another episode in our Comedians of OnlyFans series. Cha-ching! That's right, honey. And today we are talking with awesome writer, really funny comedian, overall bad bitch, breaker of the internet. Self-proclaimed fat slut. (laughs) Yes, all of those things, Allison Stevenson. Yeah, Allison just so unapologetically owns herself, and it is awesome to see someone who just is living their best life and honestly making society catch up with them, and you love to see it. You do, and uh, it's pretty cool to know that someone's being which can be very heavily like politicized by our society as women to see another woman thrive mm-hmm. and to completely like bust out of the box that we are put in and be like open about her struggles and the how many steps forward and back she takes while she's doing all of this. I mean, I think we're really lucky to get to benefit from that. Yeah, I actually I didn't know her that well before this interview, but I have known of her comedy for a long time in the scene and I just really admire her and this is such a cool conversation and oh this is hilarious <laughs> so my boyfriend Wade came home from this random comedy show one night having no idea who she was and was just like could not shut the fuck up about her he's her biggest fan <laughs> which I love <laughs> that's so cute and if you guys want to know why here's a little snippet of Allison's comedy Cause like I'll get hit on a bunch, you know, like at bars and shit by um, men who think that like, I don't think I'm attractive. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I'll get a lot of dudes who just in their mind, they're like, well, she must think she's ugly. (laughs) And they'll say shit to me like, "Uh, just so you know, I'm no hero, but uh, I'd fuck you. <laughs> I get a lot of that. <laughs> like, hey, babe, uh, just putting it out there. I like thick girls. <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> and I love it because they always expect me to be like so incredulous. Like, I'd never heard this shit before in my life. They always, I know what they want. I know what they want. They want me to react and just be like, what? (laughs) Me? (laughs) No way. Oh, but but my stomach. Uh, My thighs. Ah! How could you possibly? Find me attractive! (laughs) And then I have sex with them, so... Hey, I didn't say I was solving shit, alright? Still gotta get mine! Ugh, she is so funny. Uh, she's amazing. If you enjoyed that, you should get her two albums... Eat Me, and what's the other one? Mommy Issues. They're both available on iTunes or Apple, whatever the fuck they want to call themselves these days, and (laughs) Spotify. So get it. Oh, yeah. And she also has an Audible show with Susie Essman from Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is so funny. Oh, my God. Amazing. I'm going to have to check that out. But... 
In the meantime, you guys, enjoy this interview. are so excited to be back with our Comedians of OnlyFans series and our really good friend, Allison Stevenson. Welcome to the pod, Allison. Hi, thank you for having me. I have known Allison now for, I don't know, years and years since we've been doing stand-up in LA for a long time. So it's always nice to bump into Allison and to hear her bossy Jewish bitch material as a as a fellow bossy Jewish bitch. So um, (laughs) (laughs) this has been uh, in the mix for a long time, I think. So thanks for coming on. Thank you. Yeah. I have to say my boyfriend came home from a show one time. He's not a comedian. He's like in the restaurant business, but he came home from a show that he saw in Los Feliz or something. And he was describe he was like oh this one female comedian and he was like going off and then he slowly start I was like well tell me more and like what were the jokes about and what did she look like and yada yada and eventually I put it together I was like that's Allison Stevenson he was like talking about you for weeks (laughs) eventually I was like okay shut up about Allison (laughs) Stevenson (laughs) wow That's exciting. I haven't heard of a story like that yet. (laughs) Well, you got a fan in Wade, for sure. (laughs) Well, tell him I said thank you (laughs) for being a fan for a few weeks. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was me that was like, okay, stop, please. (laughs) She cock-blocked your fan. What a bitch. (laughs) At least let him follow me on Twitter. Come on. (laughs) Allison, do you want to tell us a little bit about how long you've been doing comedy, how you got started, all of that? Sure, yeah. Um, I guess I've been doing comedy like a decade, which I hate to say. (laughs) Same. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's wild. I was just thinking about this a few days ago, so it's funny that we're talking about it now, but like, I was looking at an old photo of me like doing an LA show and it was like from six years ago and I was like wait I what (laughs) that happened six years ago it was like oh my goodness but yeah I guess the saying is true time really flies or whatever (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah I started about 10 years ago as soon as I graduated college I like pretty much immediately did an open mic in the San Francisco Bay Area that's where I started. I did comedy there for around two years. And then I came to LA, which is my hometown. I basically just came home and kept going, (laughs) kept doing the damn thing. And yeah. Nice. So I don't know about sex work. We'll get into that. But like sex has always been a part of your comedy, right? Oh, yeah. Big time. I remember ah, I was trying to find the article, but I remember I think maybe one of the first things you wrote where I was like, oh, that's Allison Stevenson, was when you wrote like a Vice article. I'm going to get some of these details. About not sucking dick, right? Yeah. And then you were like, (laughs) they come over to me. Like you had a thing on Tinder or whatever. And then the dudes would just come over and eat you out. And I was like, that is the most feminist (laughs) use of Tinder. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was like uh, probably the most viral thing I've ever done like I yeah it kind of ruined my life a little but oh no well just because like so many men were so angry were they oh yeah like I remember the comments they were vehement it was like the fact that you went public with that article I was like this bitch is brave (laughs) because every man on the internet took it personally it was like she came up to them looked in their eyes and said I will not suck your dick. <laughs> and all of them were so angry, even though most of them will never meet Allison and have a chance to even uh, woo her into sucking their dick. It was wild. You know, blame it on my ignorant. Like, I really didn't think it would be that big of a deal. Like, I didn't think it would be viral. I didn't think anybody would care. I was like, I just need money. Like, I was like, this is something I've been thinking about. I've been doing. Can I write about this? My editors. I, wonder, I don't even know if my editor thought it would, like, 
go viral. But they were like, yeah, all right. You want to write about it? Write about it. And it blew up in a way that, like, really opened my eyes to how – because I guess I'm just so used to being in my little – lib bubble my little Mm -hmm. like my little cuck universe where (laughs) all my men are very very nice and pleasant (laughs) all the men around well no not all the men around me but you know uh I got to a point where I was like in my mid-20s and like you choose who's around you Mm -hmm. in your circle and things like that and so it just opened up like wow wait no there are still a lot of shitty dudes out there and they were all mad at me and they would send me very lengthy emails and Here's the thing too is I was I I was fat I was like a quote unquote ugly girl saying this because you know it's different when a really attractive conventionally attractive thin woman is like I don't suck dick and it's like cute right <laughs> it's like ah well we'll figure something out you know but I think when a woman who's not that type says anything that's like I have standards mm-hmm. men freak the fuck out. Or choice that you could choose people. They're like, well, how fucking dare you? Oh, totally. Yeah. The fact that even though I'm fat and I'm still not attracted to someone like you, it really bugs them. They really can't handle that. You know, they really want it to be that because I am not conventionally, you know, the ideal beauty standard that I must be begging for men to even look at me. Because that gives them a one-up. That actually gives them some leverage. Like, they don't have to quit their, like, Mountain Dew addiction or whatever. You know what I mean? (laughs) Okay, I feel attacked. (laughs) (laughs) Courtney has... Are you addicted to Mountain Dew? Oh, no, Red Bull's different. Red Bull's fine. She drinks it to get off the Mountain Dew. That was... This is her trying to cycle out of a Mountain Dew addiction. This is her methadone. No, not to make this about me, but Allison, I remember in the article, like, you were slaying dick. You had dudes that were, like, driving across L.A., which is no easy (laughs) feat to get dudes to drive across L.A. to eat your pussy exclusively Mm. and not get anything in return. Yeah, I mean... It wasn't like a bunch of dudes. It was, I think, like two dudes. Oh, okay. Uh, but <laughs> in my mind, it was like 20. <laughs> well, okay, but here's the thing. The positive effect of that article going so viral was that, like, dudes knew who I was now. Like, even random guys that I went on Tinder dates with and I didn't tell them anything about me, they'd be like, oh, you're a girl who doesn't... Mm. And I was like... <laughs> I was like, yeah, and they're like, that's cool, you know. And so, like after that, I would meet guys who were like into it. So, you know, the positives of that is like, okay, dating in LA. Most of the dudes I met were like very like, yeah, I'll fucking I'll eat you out for an hour or whatever. <laughs> so that kind of that kind of became the norm after that, where like even if I didn't bring it up, guys kind of knew what was up. Where I was mm-hmm. like, hey, look. I'm just not a fan. I can't. (laughs) Sure, sure. You know, and uh, yeah, and, you know, pretty much from there, my big thing is the reason, the real reason for that article, which, you know, it wasn't just like to say that I hate sucking thing. It was more to point out, at least at that time, I think we've talked about it more since then. Mm -hmm. Not to like toot my own horn, but I do think my article had something to do with it, where eating pussy kind of became more of a national conversation. But back when I was writing that article, like, I don't think it was, at least in my social circles, it wasn't talked about enough, pointing out the fact that every time I hook up with a guy, I am automatically expected to suck his dick. And I almost was never getting eaten out. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I had to make a special request. It had to be like this big ordeal. It had to be this like, you know, I'd always get an excuse like, oh, you know, maybe tomorrow or whatever, you know, it was always considered like something extra that you don't really do as a part of standard like foreplay or like, you know, sexual encounters. And it was something that I really needed personally, like, Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of women need it too. You know, I've I've met women since then who are like, I actually hate being eaten out, which is like, crazy to me but okay that's your life you know but like for me it's something that I really needed in order to eventually orgasm Mm -hmm. and I knew that and I would tell my partners that and it still wouldn't be considered like that major of a deal 
you're like, oh, well, you know, uh, I'll, I'll just fuck you more or whatever. <laughs> like, I'll just penetrate you more. Uh, I mean, so- I think what you did was really hit on the, <laughs> there's the wage gap. And I would say there's an oral sex gap. Yes. And that is exactly <laughs> what you exposed. And I think like definitely from you saying, wait a minute, why don't you look at what you expect from your female sexual partner and what you expect from a male sexual partner and maybe see why you expect such different things. And I think like, you're right. It did spark a national kind of, I mean, I'm not saying it's just you. I'm saying, I yeah, think I'm not saying that either. I don't want to be like, I did this, but no, uh, but it, I think it definitely did help the conversation. And I think that helped like when DJ Khaled came out and said he didn't eat pussy. I mean, I think that helped him get nationally and internationally mocked because yeah. people were suddenly like, no, that's no longer acceptable to say that you don't do that which is like a rapper thing that old school rappers used to right. brag about all the time. It's yeah, like, yeah. What are you bragging about? <laughs> You're like, oh, I don't like pleasuring women. Yeah, you can't please a woman. Congratulations, <laughs> I guess. Totally. And yeah, I do love how it's so different today. Like, I feel like if that article came out today, it would be like a completely different. No one would give a fuck. I'd probably get canceled for it <laughs> on the other end. <laughs> I mean, thinking back like 10 years or, you know, when we kind of like got started, it seems like the conversation around the things we're talking about on a lot of levels, sex work, fat acceptance, the way that we think about beauty standards, the way that we think about, you know, sexual equality is all different. Are you feeling that on all those levels too? Oh, yes. A hundred percent. It was kind of like when I was starting out, it felt like it was kind of just bubbling to the surface. Like it wasn't complete. Like the way it is now is like every single comedian talks about these things, especially a lot of female comics. It's like and it's not weird. It's not you're not going to be judged for it. You're not going to be, you know, it's accepted. And I really felt when I was beginning in comedy, especially in like the Bay Area, it wasn't that discussed. It really just wasn't like I think a lot of the pressure to kind of conform more to like, you know, being in the boys club and things like Mm -hmm. that was still around. And it was still like, you know, talking about things in a way that wasn't like too feminist, like Mm -hmm. don't, you know, don't alienate your audience sort of a thing. You still want to get club work. Like that was still very much the mentality in those early stand-up years, uh, which is kind of why I gravitated more toward like the alt scene, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. or whatever. Because I could meet, you know, more like-minded people who were who didn't give a fuck if they like got club work or whatever. But yeah, now it's like completely a totally different story, and not that much time, really. It's like yeah. you know, I see these younger comics now, and I'm almost bitter in a lot of ways because I'm like, totally. If I had it as easy as you, yeah, I would have eighty thousand Twitter followers too. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like. <laughs> I get really old, old, bitter lady about it. At the end of the day, I am happy for them because it's like, okay, it's a much better world for you. I mean, it's not a totally better world, but you know, in a lot of ways, it is a better world for you in the world of comedy. Like, like I remember it being a big deal that there was like a Facebook group for women in comedy. Oh, yeah. That was major because men got mad. (laughs) Oh, they got so mad. They were they would like beg for screenshots. (laughs) Like, is anybody talking about me? Like total fucking narcissist. Yeah, it's so fucking annoying that like, I mean, the Bechdel test uh, exists, but these motherfuckers are begging for us not to pass it. (laughs) They're like, (laughs) they're like, but what are you doing in your private time? Talking about me? Yeah. <laughs> Literally right. the reason we have private times is so we don't have to think about you. Exactly. It's just really exhausting. But I also was going to say so your sex positivity is as we've already mentioned pretty revolutionary. You started early, but so is your being uh very open about a fat woman who loves herself and loves her body and you've written on your Substack kind of recently about how, you know, it took you a while to get there and about what you like went through with that and how that's really also pretty revolutionary in the sex space. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? You know, I had many years where, and this is the great thing about getting older and 
therapy and all that is, <laughs> you know, I really thought I, I had fully accepted my body for like a few years, you know, in my late 20s, I really thought I was there. But I wasn't, you know, there was still a lot of work to do. Uh, and I feel like now I'm at a much better place than I was even two, three years ago when I was, you know, still posting fat photos of me online, you know. And that's kind of the beauty of it is like, I kind of hope it just keeps going in that, you know, every two years, every three years, I'm like, oh, wow, well, it's even better, even better, you know. Mm -hmm. I just hope it keeps climbing. Um, and I mean, don't get me wrong, there are those bad days still where I'm like, oh, God, I, you know, what do I do? You know, right before my period kind of days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No one's immune. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Totally. I, I think that's a misconception, too, is that if you have this body acceptance that you must love your body all the time and always find yourself really hot or else you're not good at body positivity or whatever. And it's like, no, <laughs> I still have my, uh, well, you know, why are you so ugly days? Um. <laughs> also, objectively, sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like, you look jacked up today. Yeah. Like, this is a <laughs> It's not permanent, but today's not your day. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. Should have woken up a little bit earlier. Uh, <laughs> right, totally. Yeah, it's 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 been a long. It's been like over a decade of you know, basically since I started comedy is is also around the time I started my body acceptance journey, and you know, I guess it makes sense that they intertwine because you know I was on a stage in front of a bunch of people and kind of really overthinking how I was being perceived and how I was being looked at uh, in a way that I wasn't really doing when I was just like hanging out with my friends. But I still, you know, I've always been big. I've never been a thin person. And since like my early 20s, I wasn't even, I would be what you'd consider like, you know, maybe just like 15 pounds overweight, which is, you know, you're not supposed to say overweight, but whatever. Like, you know, I wasn't, as big as I am today. And today I'm still not considered like on the bigger end of the fat spectrum, but it was such a big deal in my family to be thin. And it was such a big deal in the sense that none of my friends were fat. I never had like fat friends growing up. So it was always me who was like the big person um, around all of my friends. And only when I started stand up and started, you know, writing and kind of reflecting inward, you know, being introspective, did I say to myself, like, wait a minute, what, why do I feel so ugly? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, because I would always look in the mirror and be like, I don't feel that. I don't really think I'm very ugly, but people keep telling me I am because I'm fat. Like people keep telling me that I must be ugly. So maybe I am, you know, it would be like this very confusing. I don't really see it the way they see it, but mm -hmm. you know, dating is harder for me. Like things are harder for me. So it must be true. I must be ugly. That's the thing too, is like, there was no people in media. Yeah. There was no people to look up to that you could be like, oh, that's a bad bitch living her life and totally. she's fat, you know, yeah. whatever. And now I feel like you see that all over. Right. Yeah. And Instagram was like just starting. It was like the beginning of Instagram. But Instagram did help me a lot. I think that, you know, once it started being a more popular platform and then, you know, the body positivity movement kind of became more mainstream, that's where it really clicked where I was like, oh, I don't have to, like, hate myself. Like, I can live in this body and be happy. And that took a lot of work. And I knew that's what I really wanted. I knew that I didn't want to go the route of taking forever because I have PCOS. Mm -hmm. And it's a hormonal disorder that makes it pretty much impossible to lose weight. Polycystic ovarian syndrome. Is that what it is? Yeah. I've had it since I was 14. And for a lot of women, it's the reason for their weight gain is mm. having PCOS. It is what it is. Like, it's what it does to your body. Um, and it makes it a lot harder to lose weight, too. So, you know, and there were those years, like my early, late teens, early 20s where, you know, my mom gave me a fucking curves membership for my 18th birthday, like as a present. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> She's like, I'm being helpful. I love you. You're like, I will throw you in a well right now. It's <laughs> like, this is the most useless fucking present. Uh, thanks for wasting your money. But 
you know, there were those years where I would try. I would be like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to do this diet or whatever. Like, I would totally do the thing of, like, I got to lose weight. And it didn't help that the medical community, like, my doctors would always say, like, yeah, there's not much we can do for you. Like, there isn't really a cure. Uh, you might get rid of it if you lose weight. Like, that would always be the sort of laissez-faire attitude from doctors is like, well, here's some birth control and try to lose weight. And that would be it. They would have no other solution for me, doctor after doctor. And you're like, but the thing about it is, if you were paying attention at med school, it makes it harder to yeah. lose weight. So, <laughs> And that's what annoys me, too, is none of them said that to me. None of them said <laughs> I had to figure it out myself, just like looking online and reading about it myself and seeing so many people be like, yeah, it's like impossible. It's almost impossible. Like you have to work 10 times harder than the average person to lose weight with PCOS. and you know, once I kind of let that sink in and I was like, and it's easier to gain weight too. It's also a circle when someone's like, well, you'll feel better if you lose weight. And if you lose weight that, and you're like, but the thing I have makes it so I can't. And you're like, right. and they're like, yes, but then if you do, you'll get rid of it. Right. You're like, mm. <laughs> I kind of like foresaw, I was like, what's the next few years going to look like for me if I just try to focus on losing weight and nothing else versus like go down this road of body acceptance and try and love what I already have going on. And the way I saw it was like, okay, I could just be like a health quote unquote freak, basically have orthorexia, but um, mm -hmm. I could basically just like be obsessed with my body, be obsessed with working out and be obsessed with eating nothing but like vegetables 24 seven. So I can have and maintain the quote-unquote thin body or I could just live my life and not give a fuck and you know whatever happens to my body happens to my body and just learn to love it the way it is and I was like wait a minute this is an easier answer than it, it like, yeah I'm just gonna work toward my body acceptance and how I look at myself and go on this self-love journey and fuck it forget about trying to lose weight because it's just it feels like that carrot dangling, you know, like you're chasing it, chasing it, and it's never going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I just I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to deal with it. I was like, I would much rather, even if I lose weight, even if I gain weight, because this body acceptance journey, it's like no matter what happens to your body, you're okay with it, ultimately. Yeah. And that sounds like a way more appealing route than I must look this one specific way in order to gain male approval, which is all it really is at the end of the day as much as we lie and say it's about health, uh, <laughs> for me at least. <laughs> totally. Yeah, and also if you think about the fact that we age and our bodies change all the time and will forever till we die, I mean, it is much healthier to be okay with your body changing mm -hmm. than it is to try to do anything else. Yeah. Because that is ultimately what these things do. Totally. Yeah. So it just seems silly to cling to like the one version of it, which isn't going to be permanent anyway, ever. Right. Which brings us back to sex work because you started a strip show, right? A couple years ago? Yes. Yeah. Thick Strip. Such a good name. <laughs> so was that your first kind of, because you danced in that show too, right? Yes. Yeah. Was that your first kind of, I mean, I know it was like entertainment, but- was that your first kind of foray into like sex work? Um, yes and no. It, it was like in a public level <laughs> where I would talk about it and let people know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, before that, I was kind of just doing stuff like, you know, I had had a few guys DMing me making requests sort of a thing. So I would. So you were selling nudes. Kinda, yeah, nudes and like foot, a lot of foot guys. Uh, <laughs> I even went to one guy's house and like stepped on his back and let him lick my toes for like a hundred bucks or something. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> like little things here and there would pop up, and I'd be like, "All right, like I'll do this, I'll do that." But yeah, I think Thick Strip was the first thing that was like, "Hey guys, I'm stripping, like I'm getting close to naked." Actually, no, on the, the live show, I was able to get fully nude, but our Zoom shows now, we can't. There's like legal issues. Oh, yeah. 
actually there's still legal issues at live shows i just broke the rules <laughs> um, don't tell anyone even though this is a podcast <laughs> How would they retroactively arrest someone for showing a titty? They're like, oh, arrest me. We heard a rumor. <laughs> yeah, the laws are so fucked up where if you're going to be fully nude, you can't sell alcohol. Oh, yeah. So it's like we would always have to be like, you can be as close as possible to nude as you want. But as soon as you show a nipple, like this is an illegal show or whatever. It's really fucking dumb. I used to do the... Or like I've always been, you know, sort of interested in sex work, but obviously the culture's evolved and in a peripheral way, like for sure. So in college, I like got paid a hundred dollars to kick a guy in the balls nice. and like little things like that. Yeah. And I was always like, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely for me. That's how it starts. It always starts yeah. with a guy wanting you to kick him in the balls. <laughs> <And it> kinda- <laughs> Man, no one's ever asked me to kick them in the balls. I feel so sad. If anyone's listening and you would like me to kick you in the balls, let me be your first. I'll refer you next time, Sophia. I really, I really hope this happens for you. You know, I'll start that group chat as soon as it does. Hey, Sophia, have you met your G spot? Um, is it between the F spot and the H spot? I don't know if those are medically correct terms, but yes, it's that <laughs> mysterious little area that is said to hold the secret to toe curling orgasms and hey, even squirting. And hot tip, oh my G, is my current favorite internal sex toy that will introduce you to this special part of you. Yes, I love the Oh My G. It is so stealthy, it's super silent, and it is the best internal G-spot massager for bodies with a vagina. Right? That unique massaging pearl mimics the come hither motion. It moves up and down to stimulate a tongue perfectly lapping away. It's the exact same motion if you're using your fingers to hit the spot, only a lot less work and 10 times better. You know what I always say, Cokes? Come harder and smarter. Yeah, you have to. That Oh My G is so quiet that you can literally do it next to your husband who may be asleep because he had a really long day at work, but you are really awake and could really use some G-spot attention. Story of my life. Yeah, and it has three intensity levels, allowing you to choose the intensity of your orgasm. And even on its highest setting, it's quiet. And it is so easy to control. Most toys have a traditional curve, but the Oh My G has a sleek C shape, which makes it really easy to directly and precisely massage your G spot. Plus you can store Oh My G without worrying that someone will find it. It comes with a little cloth pouch and it's shipped in discreet exterior packaging. Plus, the Oh My G is made with 100% body-safe, FDA-approved silicone. It's a must-have for any toy collection, especially if you enjoy internal stimulation. And a fun bonus, it can also function as a wonderful external clit stimulator. Ooh, gotta love that two-for-one. Yeah, I vouch for that. Really works for that. (laughs) (laughs) And right now, Oh My G is offering Private Parts Unknown listeners, 30% off when you go to iobatoys.com and enter code PRIVATE at checkout. That's iobatoys.com and use promo code PRIVATE to get 30% off your Oh My G. That offer is also included in our episode description. iobatoys.com, code PRIVATE. Shh, I'm coming. <laughs> So let's get into OF and how you got started in OnlyFans and what your page is kind of all about. Do you still do foot stuff over there? What kind of content do you post? We want to hear all the nitty gritty. Yeah. um, So basically, I mean, I've been like I've been posting thirst traps on Instagram for like seven, eight years, like a long time. No, maybe not that long, but whatever, like a while I've been very like here's maybe in a you know a fat slut uh as i as i call it and i i've been very fortunate that that kind of did accrue a nice handful or two or three of men who were uh interested in 
seeing more, you know? Mm-hmm. And finally, when OnlyFans kind of became more popular and more mainstream, I was still kind of hesitant for a while. I was still, like, not totally sure if I should do it just because, you know, there's a lot of – it sucks and, it, you know, I did ultimately do it. But, you know, there is that, like, hesitation of, like, well, I'm a writer. I'm a comedian. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want people to think of me just as a person who's on OnlyFans. Like, they need to see that, you know – I'm not just like a sex thing. I'm a brain thing too or whatever. Um, And I did have this kind of battle. And then finally, when I was like, wait a minute, like that goes against everything I stand for. Why am I so conflicted? I still was hesitant because I wasn't looking forward. I was like, I feel like it's going to be a lot of work. (laughs) And I don't know if I can (laughs) handle like, (laughs) like, I feel like I'll be really into it for a week and then I'll just give up or whatever. I kind of was like, going that route and then I so I just kept waiting and kept waiting and then finally like I lost my job I had like a job at Adult Swim that I lost uh I was hosting a weekly show there and during COVID during COVID yeah uh I think it was like around July or something like that May I don't know or September whatever I lost a job time isn't real I literally have no sense of time I, I know no one time does. in the last year I'm like mm, I no idea <laughs> Like, I can say something was last week and it was actually three years ago. <laughs> I can say something was three years ago and it was actually, like, last week. Like, nothing makes sense. But, but, yeah, basically, I was like, I need money. And OnlyFans had been on my mind. And I was like, well, you know, I already kind of post this shit on Instagram for free anyway. Mm-hmm. Might as well. just Let's just try it. I was like, I'll try it for, like, a month and see what happens. And... I'm still on it and it's been I'm on like my fourth month I think so Hell yeah and you make good money right honestly yeah the first month I made a lot of money the first month was like insane I was like holy shit like I thought maybe like a hundred dudes would sign up I was like I'm gonna get a hundred subscribers max and I got like four times that and it was like insane dude congratulations yeah, dude. thank you no that first month was like so I was on such a high because I was like, okay, yeah, these guys want to fuck me. Hell yeah. Like I had no idea the scope of how many guys would be interested in my OnlyFans. But then that second month happened and more than half of them went away. Like that basically. Totally yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't really anticipating that. I was like, cool, I'm at this number. I'm going to stay at this number for, you know. But apparently, like, if you don't have your rebill on, if you don't have like your renew for your subscription, you just go like they just unless they want to come back and then my second month I lost even more so now I'm like kind of leveled out where I'm at a lower number and but it's still fine like it's still able to pay my rent which is great are you still you're still in the hundreds I'm in I'm around 200 oh that's great yeah I I'm really happy with that and that it goes up and down now and I'm less Mm -hmm. like anxious about it I'm like uh like at first when I was losing all these numbers were going down I was freaking out I was like what am I doing wrong why do they hate me but now I'm like totally okay with it I'm like I like my group of guys like they're all really cool really supportive and they're really positive about what I post and you know they kind of respect my boundaries so it's a really nice kind of place that we're at where I'm like very comfortable and it's a lot of fun it's way more fun than I thought it would be and it's a great way to pay my rent basically what's your favorite kind of content to post and uh what are your like boundaries on there or are they changing always you know they are changing (laughs) okay honestly I thought most of my subs would be ass guys I really thought I was going to be doing Mm. a lot of butt stuff which I do there is butt stuff but I was shocked at how many of them were tit guys a lot of them really want to see my boobs. So I've had to kind of rethink my strategy. And I'm posting a lot of tit stuff, way more than I thought I would be. And they love it. They're really they're really into my boobs. Um, belly, obviously, I'll do the belly shots. They like seeing the belly and the boobs combo. And I'll still do ass stuff. I'll do like twerk videos and like fat jiggle type things. Yeah, you know, sometimes I'll get DM'd and asked for customs and that will be more like in the realm of like a JOI, just like a jerk off instructional. Wait, what is that? It's like uh you tell them how to jerk off? Like you're you dominate them a little bit? Kind of. It's interesting. I've done a few over Skype too. And 
it's supposed to be me being like, yeah, now do this. Like, me basically telling them what to do. But it, it most of the time, it ends up becoming me just watching them masturbate. That's what I was going to say. It seems like that's all they actually want. Yeah, like, they don't really want to be told. I think they just want to be watched. Um, so I'll just be like, cool, you're doing it. Way to go. Yeah. Sweet. You're like... <laughs> You're like clapping in the background. You're like, get it, champ. Is it erotic at all to watch? Like, do you know uh, what I mean? Because not every part of it is is actually erotic, even though the content is. And so, yeah. like, but some of it for me, I'm like, oh, that's, you know, like when I'm raiding a dick or whatever, I'm like, oh, that's hot. But not all the time. Do you find yourself like turned on in that scenario or other scenarios? Sometimes I do. It depends, like, because I also do dick ratings, and if a dick, like, it's very rare that just a dick turns me on. But there sometimes you, though, yeah. yeah, you'll see a dick that's like, whoa, like <laughs> <laughs> that looks like a fun one, you know? <laughs> You're like, I'd like to get to know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like very much, like, huh? And you know, like. A few of them have hinted at, like, being in L.A., and I've, like, thought about it. Like, wait a minute. Should I talk to one from OnlyFans? <laughs> I think you should when it's safe. If you see yeah. one you like. I mean, that's the thing, but all I've seen is the dick. Like, I, I got to know what the face looks like. I got to know. Yeah, not just off the dick, but. It's not dating, Sophia. You don't know all that. You just know if they have messy sheets or not. Like, <laughs> do they clean their room and you know the dick? No, I'm just saying you can continue the relationship by being like, that was a nice dick. Can I see the rest? Yeah, <laughs> true, 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 true. Uh, and actually, that's, a, that's another point, too, is seeing some of their photos that they take of their dicks. I get really turned on by, like, things like, oh, they, like, don't have a gross room. Like, they actually I clean. know. Like, their bathrooms actually looks nice, and this isn't a photo of their dick in a toilet. Like, they, they have nice soaps on the counter. Like, <laughs> like, those little things really turn me on, too, where I'm like, okay, you're like a man. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Sophie and I just contributed to this men's health article about how to take a good dick pic. And that was my advice based on my OnlyFans dick ratings was I was like, fucking think about the environment just a little bit. Why do you have your dirty towels or like your cum stains on your sheets or like just <laughs> let's think about context just a little bit. Right? Mine was like, clean that fucking mirror, like move your hemorrhoid cream. I do <laughs> not need to know any of that. <laughs> yeah. Totally. One of my favorite ones was this guy sent me a photo of himself like jerking off and you could see his laptop and on the screen was like another person's OnlyFans page. <laughs> <laughs> That's straight disrespectful. I, I, was, I was like, damn, dude, are you trying to like, is this some weird psychology thing that you're trying to do? You're trying to fuck with my head? He's trying to neg you through yeah. <laughs> his fucking dick pic. I mean, he paid me the money at the end of the day, so I don't know. He didn't ask her for a dick rating. But yeah, I thought that was probably my favorite <laughs> moment of like, dude, think about your surroundings. Yeah. Do you do foot stuff still through OnlyFans? Kind of. Like if I get a request for it. It's not like on my main feed or whatever, but I've had a few. I've had like maybe two or three foot guys it's funny because it's it's like i don't know what you want in a foot pick necessarily mm -hmm. like with other body parts i'm like yeah, this makes a lot more i know what to do here but with mm -hmm. feet it's like i need them to specify exactly what they want to see and so they will be very specific like i want to see the soles of your feet i want you to sit on your feet where you i can see your butt and the soles of your feet and i'm like all right i can do that that's easy that never occur to me <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Has uh, your stand-up crossed over into OnlyFans or vice versa? No. <laughs> I mean, I haven't really been doing much stand-up as of late, so maybe when things are, like, kind of getting back in there, I might. But for the most part, I've kind of liked keeping them as separate worlds. And, you know, I'll try to be funny every now and then. Like, I'll make jokes and stuff on my OnlyFans, but it's not like... 
I'm a funny fat person, funny <laughs> fat naked woman. Like that's definitely not my shtick. Uh, it's definitely still very like, stuff. You want to fuck this? I definitely keep it as sexual as can be. So yeah, right now I kind of keep them as as separate universes where I can be like sexy slut Allison here, and then like, well, my comedy still talks very much about sex and being a slut, but it's much more a uh, heady. No pun intended. what's up my fitness obsessed privates i want to turn you on to a really good show that i know you're gonna love so the clip out is hosted by tom and crystal they are peloton obsessed freaks In the best way possible, in each episode, they speak with instructors, staff members, and other super fans about all things Peloton. And look at them go because it is the top Peloton fan podcast. Yes, Tom and Crystal. So feed your Peloton obsession and stay up to date on all the news and information with The Clip Out. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. How have you determined your boundaries uh, with what kind of content do you post and how much are you thinking about, this sucks to say, but like the future or just like how much you want out there as, you know, a public person? Yeah, I mean, at first it was really nerve wracking, especially that first month and I was getting all those subscribers and I was like, wow, they're really going to want to see like stuff like, you know, they're not just going to want photos like they're gonna want videos and Mm -hmm. and I was like already really nervous about what because I really want to like have a good OnlyFans account like I want it to be worth their money you know so that was really nerve-wracking for me in those first few weeks of me trying to navigate it like because I initially was like this is only going to be where I post like the kind of stuff that I post on Instagram but like more Mm -hmm. and it has evolved since then and I'm a lot more naked now and I think I'm at the point now where I know exactly like this is my thing like this is what I post and once I started getting more comfortable like I never went to a point where I was posting like for me to post a photo that was like my pussy or like my butthole Mm -hmm. took a lot of thinking like you know like I Mm -hmm. I even like talked to my therapist about it like it was very like what are my hangups? Like, why am I being like horophobic, essentially? Of course, it sucks because you do have to think about long term and you have to think, well, at the end of the day, I see myself more as a writer. And as much as I love doing this, it's not something that I see becoming a full time career. I don't see myself becoming, you know, a, a pornographic actor, adult actor or anything like that. So I have to stay within my boundaries and just do what's most comfortable for me. But, you know, I completely, no judgment on anybody who does more. Like, it's totally, whatever track you're on is what you're going to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. My track is still, like, I am a writer and a comedian first and then, like, on OnlyFans third, right? Mm -hmm. And because of that, I kind of keep it more tame in the sense that, you know, you can see me naked. You can see my private parts pretty out in the open. Um, I've done a few, like, spicier things in the customs, you know, when guys DM me and ask for more specific things. Um, But for the most part now, it's, like, nude photos of me. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. That's kind of the same for me because I run these podcast shows for, like, clients that, like, I can't have this exec at Netflix, (laughs) like, watching me pimp my OnlyFans, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's so complicated to navigate. And I don't think it's – I think it should be accepted on all the levels. But it's not just up to me. It's, like, how horophobic is our culture at large? You know what I mean? Exactly. And I think we're only just now really starting to have this conversation about normalizing sex work and, you know, decriminalizing it and all these things. And it's, you know, it just doesn't feel we're there yet societally, Mm -hmm. you know, people still really look down on sex work. I mean, even OnlyFans, like if you think about it, they're like not even promoting their adult creators. Like everything they promote now. They're money makers. Exact everything they're promoting now is accounts that are like not posting explicit content. So like it's like even the platform that sex workers built is not giving respect to sex workers. 
And it's just so hard because you really do have to battle like personally, if it were up to me, I'd be doing whatever I'd be doing everything. I'd be yeah. I'd be filming a guy fucking me from behind. Like, well, I don't know, maybe not. <laughs> but I probably would eventually. But yeah, it's like it's not just up to me. It's up to society too. And as much as I want to be a part of that change and I want to speak up more about how this should be different, it's like the reality is like I don't know what it would do if I were to go to a meeting and be like, you know, by the way, I also do that, you know, it's just, it sucks. And it sucks that it has to be something you think about. It sucks that, you know, a lot about it just is very frustrating. But I also keep seeing how I'm pushing myself more and more. Like, it's just about comfort. Like, even when I posted a picture of me in my underwear on Instagram, like, six years ago or whatever, that was a huge deal for me. And I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? You know, are people going to be like, what are you doing? Are you not a comedian anymore? You know, like I had the the anxiety that I had about OnlyFans, but just for posting a photo of me in my underwear. Mm -hmm. And now everybody posts a photo of them in their underwear. So it's like totally normalized to the point where it's like, oh, it's fine. Like no one gives a shit. I can just keep doing it. Like, you know, and I think that's kind of what's happening with OnlyFans where it's like, okay, everybody's on OnlyFans now. Everyone's like showing their tits. Everyone's, you know, so it's like once things become more normalized, it gets easier and easier to take that next step. Mm -hmm. And so I even see now with OnlyFans like, oh, I'm totally comfortable being naked. I don't know what the hang up of being naked was for so long. I guess it was more just like in my head where I thought it would be like this career ruining thing for me. But it's not. I feel totally fine. I have no anxiety about it. I am I'm going on meetings and I'm telling people I'm an OnlyFans. And I think that's how it starts is like you have to be open and honest about it. And you have to be confident. I'll be like, yeah, like I'm establishing that I do this. I participate in this form of sex work. And I also am a writer. I'm still a fucking smart person. I'm still a writer. I'm still a funny person. And I think once that becomes more a thing that everybody does who's doing these things eventually even like two three years from now it's gonna be no big fucking deal like on instagram we'll be posting pictures of our pussy or whatever (laughs) probably not instagram but there will be (laughs) there will be some other platform where it's like no big fucking deal which i love i want to get to that place where we where we don't have to care about it and nobody else has to care about it like it's just life it's just a part of what we do here you know i love that amen because right now like you know how when you promote shows you post flyers right if you're Mm -hmm. it's like a huge part of being a comedian uh is constantly promoting your shows and if you post flyers on instagram they get buried because that's not what the platform is for. Right. So no matter how many followers you have, you'll post a flyer and it'll get like 20 likes and you're like, well, fuck, I'm not getting any eyes on it. So I've been promoting my Zoom show for the last year by just using like bikini pics and pics of my tits. Yeah. And I can tell you that I can definitely tell that some people are a little bit judgy about it. Oh, really? And it is, yeah, some of the comedians that I book will be a little bit judgy or won't retweet or whatever. And I'm like, dude, if you don't know, you're a comedian, you don't know that that's why I'm doing it. And also the fact that even if that's not the reason I'm doing it, that you would not retweet or like a thing that you are on because my tits are in it. Yeah. That to me is so mild. That's not even... Being totally. on OnlyFans, but people fucking hate it when women have more than one dimension. They just do. I think some of it's maybe a little bit of jealousy, too. Like, I'm sure a lot of dudes don't get that kind of reaction, you know, <laughs> when they're like, here's a show tonight. And, you know, like, I think a lot of it has to do with like, well, you know. Like, you're cheating. Yeah. Like, oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that kind of is like this resentment sort of thing. And I don't know if you have this experience, too, but like. In embracing the sort of quote unquote like alternative comedy scene, I know a lot of people hate when I say that, but like, I mean, it's, it is what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. It ended up being way more of a scene where it really felt like you can't embrace this part of yourself even more. I feel like the alternative comedy scene, alternate, at least for a few years, it really felt like they were putting up, you know, kind of like, idolizing women who were very much the opposite of a sexual being very much the opposite of like but still really cute and hot and still very conventionally attractive 
but um you know very just the opposite of like a sexual you know stereotypical instagram thirst trap kind of girl you know like she posts quirky photos of herself it's like very like embracing the sort of like well if you're an alt comedy girl and you're like a hot it's her cool- and her violin like <laughs> yeah exactly like oh she's doing this weird thing where she's like you know dry humping an accordion but that's like cool because you know she's like fully clothed or whatever uh <laughs> yeah there was definitely for sure divisions You know what I mean? It felt very, in that sense, like, and I think that's why it was even harder for me even more to, like, embrace something like OnlyFans because I didn't want to not have that. I'm also, like, a cool alt girl. Like, I listen Mm -hmm. to punk or whatever. Like, don't fucking, don't write me off as one of those, like, vapid Instagram girls or whatever. But then it was, like, denying the fact that I really wanted to be, like, a slut like I really wanted to like post naked photos of myself and like be sexual and sexualized like I wanted to be ogled at like that's something that really turns me on like I'm really just into that and I for a lot of years would deny that part of myself to live up to this you know alt comedy girl ideal where they were like secretly hot you know (laughs) they weren't like overtly hot right so that was something I kind of had to like get over as well But it's also women are invading, have invaded fully or taken power. I shouldn't say invaded, but like have a lot of power in that community now that I feel like they didn't even just like five years ago. Totally. Totally true. And I remember like, I'm sure you remember hearing this too, Allison, when you started because we started around the same time. I remember guys who were like ahead of me in comedy, like a couple years would be like, oh yeah, like, you know, if you want to be taken seriously, you only wear jeans on stage. Like you don't dress sexy. What are you doing? And I, the way I dress is fucking sexy. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry about it. I wear fishnets and I wear tight mini skirts and I fucking like crop tops. And I like for people to know that I have nice titties. Sorry about it. Yeah. And for so many years, I didn't dress like that. I would just be like, nope, it's jeans and a t-shirt for me. Gotta go to work in the mines. And it's like, (laughs) I'm on stage. Why can't I be who I am off stage on stage? Because you told me that this is what this art is. Because I came into it and I'm like, oh, gee, like, what do I do? And you're a man and you've been here the whole time. And you're like, well, this is how you dress if you want to do comedy. And I'm glad that that's not a thing anymore. Totally. A hundred percent. It's insane how different it is in just a short amount of time. Like, it's beautiful. I love it. But yeah, a lot of the, they don't know. (laughs) They don't know what we had to go through. (laughs) Because I know exactly (laughs) what you mean. It was the same thing of like, yeah, I mean, if you want to get booked, like, and you got to tolerate these men still sexualizing you, even though they're telling you not to sexualize yourself. And still, like, being complete creeps and pressuring you to, like, do stuff with them to get booked and, like, having to deal with, like, the scum of the earth, which is male comedians. And, like, they were, you know, totally dictating everything and it sucked. And if you pushed yourself away from that, it was a lot more of, like, uh, whoa, what are you doing, you know? I mean, to this day, I gotta say I've never had, like, male comedians hit on me or anything. Like, very rarely. I think only, like, two or something. And I'm, like, so grateful for it. <laughs> like, thank <laughs> fucking God. Like, I'm so happy that no male comedian has ever tried to hook up with me. It's, like, a blessing in disguise. Like, it used to be a different thing in my head where I was like, why don't they, why don't they want to fuck me? But now I'm like, oh, my God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that that never happened. Yeah, you don't fucking want that. And also, I am pretty sure that they were afraid to end up in a Vice article. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be a thing for pretty much every guy I met. (laughs) They all had that hang up. But it's like, I don't say your name. I don't show a picture of you. Like... (laughs) You only get written about if you do something stupid and shitty. So, <laughs> Well, I think this conversation has been an amazing testament to how much things can change in just a few years. And yeah. hopefully that extends to sex work and, you know, OnlyFans 
However much people think comedians are maybe accused of like dabbling in this a little bit, I really feel strongly about my role and I see other women or creators do the same thing is just like it is moving the needle a little bit in terms of like cultural acceptance because it's like a girl that you know that Mm -hmm. you have already decided these things about and then you're like oh and this other thing okay now I have to make this make sense in my head and what does this mean about these other people so totally yeah yeah we have one question that we've been asking everyone for this series so what are your tips for how to be a better fan or only fan subscriber give more money <laughs> give money <laughs> give me money <laughs> i mean yeah like money is the answer because i don't think a lot of these subscribers know that only fans takes 20 percent out of every dollar that mm-hmm. you make they take money out of every single dollar so it's like if i'm charging 10 bucks for something i'm only getting like eight bucks or you know for like every amount that I charge I'm only getting like 80% of it which is still great but you'd be surprised like I'll look at my statements it'll be like all the money that you grossed but then here's your net and it's like significantly less than what I gross because OnlyFans takes so much and it's a great platform in a lot of ways but that is a very frustrating part of it because it sucks where I have to feel like I have to charge more or something like that but it's like Mm -hmm. If you really want to support, tip, give tips, even if it's just like a few bucks, like somebody post something, tip, two, three bucks, five bucks, like anything that you got, you know, it doesn't have to be like big baller throwing all these hundreds or whatever. But yeah, definitely if you like want to support that person more than just liking the content, money is always the answer, I think. Does OnlyFans take 20% off out of tips too or no? Yes. Yeah. Everything. Everything that you earn. Literally everything you earn, they take 20% of. Like Allison was saying, you'll see on your like invoice or whatever, I've made thousands of dollars just for OnlyFans. Yeah. (laughs) Every platform takes so much money. Like I'm on Twitch now for my other podcast and they take 50% out of every subscriber. 50%. Oh my God. So someone subscribes and it's five bucks a month. You get 250. That is fucked up. That man. And that's Amazon. Amazon owns Twitch. Like they fucking need all that. It's just so. ugh. That's ridiculous. Allison, where can people find you on the Internet? At just about glad is my Twitter, my Instagram and my OnlyFans. Just about glad. That makes it easy. Easy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for doing this. This has been such a great conversation and it's been awesome to get to know you a little bit better. We love you so much. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks. Oh my God. That was awesome. I'm like... As big a fan of Allison Stevenson as Wade. Me and Wade are going to start the fan club. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she's your third, Courtney. I don't know. You guys <laughs> might have a conversation <laughs> later on. Um, I don't know if we'll she'd be interested or what her vibes are. But <laughs> I also cannot wait for everyone to hear what we have coming up on the next bunch of episodes. First off, we've been talking about doing an episode on people having babies during the pandemic Mm. and what a wild experience that's been. So we're going to talk to some folks about that. And we're also getting ready to take our first trip since coronavirus. So we are currently in prep for Belize. So if you have any suggestions, if you want to like tell us anything about your experience in Belize, Hell, if you're from Belize, holler at us. We want to hear from you. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I'm just like sleeping in my bikini waiting to go. (laughs) Cordy, you always sleep in your bikini. (laughs) Busted. (laughs) You're just always ready for your like surprise uh, swimsuit, like Sports Illustrated issue. What if they just pop out of the bushes? I got to be ready. Exactly. (laughs) Time is ticking, Sophia. There's only so many more years in an older model's life. (laughs) 
Look, if I know you, you're going to be trying to get discovered uh, all the way until you die. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. So you guys, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up for you. Stay tuned. Hey, Sophia, what's that bomb-ass music? This music is by our bomb-ass friend, Amy Rosh. You should check her out on Spotify. Her last name's spelled R-A-A-S-C-H. This episode was mixed by Mike Castaneda from Plastic Audio. Oh, we love you. Oh, we adore you. Oh, we are never gonna let you go, Michael. That was surprisingly in sync, considering that we have not been able to connect that much lately, just in terms of like actual conversations. (laughs) Yeah, but apparently our singing's really found another level. (laughs) And now it's time for us to ask you for reviews. Come on, you guys. I am your middle school track coach, and I want you to get the fuck out there. And I want you to pound that pavement. And I want you to go to ratethispodcast.com slash private and just say anything. Type one word. That's the hurdle that I want you to go over. Only nice, only nice words. Yeah. I don't want the one word to be what I'm afraid it's going to be. No, you're going to say great. You know what? You can call me a cunt as long as you give us five stars. How about that? I will take, (laughs) hey, I'm a five star cunt. And I always has been, that. always will be. <laughs> no, me, I mean me. <laughs> so go ahead and rate. rate Probably us both fast. of us, Sophia. We are we're like at the top of the military academy for being cunts. <laughs> yeah, world class, world class over here. <laughs> so you guys, five stars for these world class cunts, and we will see you next time. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.